Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here with Encore Delight, 10,000 Heroes podcast. And here we are, as we are every week, except next week, which is Thanksgiving, right, Encore? We do have next Thursday off. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, we, we're here every Thursday, otherwise, uh, 10 Pacific, 11 Mountain, and we talk about uh, the world as it is unfolding and try to bring an integral sensibility to that process. And so here we are in Encore. What do we have to talk about today? Fantastic. So a friend of mine, a really good friend, Matt, who is the person that introduced me to your show many years ago. So the reason why we're here together in some in some way, sent me this article and was like, hey, we'd love to hear what um, you and Jeff have to say about this. And it's from a pretty well-known Republican political strategist, got his start working with George H.W. Bush in the 80s. And he's he's basically one of the originators of the Never Trump movement. His name is Rick Wilson. And this article is called Red Caesar and the Next Regime. And it's basically, this guy is freaking out about what's going to happen if Trump gets elected next year and just goes through a whole lot of reasons why we should all be freaking out. And, you know, I'll, just a little bit, one of them is revenge. Like, and, and basically everything he's saying, kind of the, the meta message is don't underestimate what's going to happen because that's what you guys did last time. And what happened last time is exactly what these people had planned on doing. And so why were you so surprised? And they're already saying what they're planning on doing now, and it should freak you out. And so he's like, they've been talking about revenge, and they're going to try and get revenge on all these people that disagreed with them or all these policies. Um, And he says how they're going to do it. They're going to basically fire tons of people from the government and have the people be replaced not by traditional bureaucrats, but by people whose only loyalty is to Trump rather than any kind of competency. Um, they're rather than worrying about laws, they're just going to break a bunch of laws and then have the courts try and catch up with them later. They're going to install all kinds of really radical legal frameworks and lawyers that are going to take years or decades to deal with, if ever. Um, mass deportations, you know, the in- immigration being the bete noir of the kind of Trump people. And then all these enemies of the state that they're going to deal with. And he has, he goes on and on and on and on and on. And he's like, you know, it's really a a passion, a passionate plea for do not ignore this. Do not underestimate it. This is not just business as usual. One guy gets elected, another guy gets elected. He really sees it as like a fundamental threat to the continuity of our democracy. And before I give you the mic here, I just want to say, just want to warn you, there's a little bit of a trap in here for you, Jeff, that I'm just trying to lay. I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> no. What do, you, what do you think? That, that perked me up. I was depressed. <laughs> Glad we got a trap. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I was just pondering this yesterday because... Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have a worldview that accommodates magical thinking because I've just been thinking, no, no way, Trump. You know, no, no, no. I, I mean, not that I don't think it could happen, just with my head in the sand. Just, you, you, I don't know if you, you've noticed the, the Daily Evolver, I don't talk about Trump much, you know. And, yeah. But here we are. It's a year away. The next, a year from now, we will be digesting the results of the next election. Right, right. And I'm not, you know, personally... I don't have a, a proclivity or an interest in talking about Trump. I, I feel like he's one of those, like one of those Greek heroes where every time you say his name, he gets stronger. 
And I don't really want to be part Me of that. Too. Me too. But but what I really think is important, I'm glad Matt sent this to us, is that a lot of people are worried about this right now. And and those people, I think, will benefit, especially when they're your regular listeners, of having your, your take on this. Yeah, no. I, I, and I think Integral helps a lot with uh, what's happening in Trump. And, and so, yeah, let's go for it. So, um, boy, where do we start? Uh, let me just lay out a couple sort of general integral principles or, that we can sort of help look at Trump through. We've done this before, but I'll lay it out again. It's a great reminder. It's kind of like people talking about kindness. You can just never get too much of it. Like, let's exactly. let's have the principles. Yeah. yeah. So the main principle is that we're living in a time when there are three major worldviews online. And we're talking about the U.S., there's a traditional worldview, the God and country people. There's the secular worldview, the modern worldview, keep the trains running on time, uh, not religious, uh, sort of globalist uh, in terms of, you know, trade and all that sort. And then postmodern, which is globalist in a cultural way, multicultural and um, progressive and all of that good stuff. You know, we talk about worldviews. They're actually world spaces. They're, they're, they're the space in which the world just is self-evidently presents itself to you. That in traditionalism, yes, there is a God. There is a, you know, the America does mean this gratitude thing. Uh, but postmodern, um, America, there's more of a grievance story with America. So at any rate, so there's these three stages and they're in contention. This is the culture war. Okay. Now, there's a stage before traditional that we refer to as the warrior stage, the red stage, and this is the stage that we would call psychologically egocentric. Okay, and then it gets, becomes ethnocentric, nation-centric, world-centric. Okay, in terms of the what one is able to see and and where one comes from and what one is taking into account. So, um, what Trump represents is a red. He has a red heart. He has that warrior, fighter, um, uh, that's his orientation. And he is the standard bearer for traditionalists who are like, you know, 28, 30% of the population who feel like they're losing the battle. You know, the world's becoming ever more secular, the world's becoming ever more multicultural. And that he is the Godzilla they need to go up against this juggernaut of globalism and multiculturalism. Now, from an integral perspective, we want to integrate the best of all stages. So we want, we actually want, and this is a sort of a koan. It's like, what's the world look like where there's a healthy traditional, healthy sort of an enchantment about the world, a healthy, the trains are running on time, and, you know, a healthy orientation to bringing in people who have been left behind in the shadows, the victims of culture and um, history and karma. And what's that look like? Um, so what we have with Trump is um, we have this uh, red warrior and the political expression of that is authoritarianism. Uh, and, and actually not even not authoritarianism in sort of a in sort of a communist way where there's a Politburo and it's powers divided, it's more that king or even gang leader. You know, there's a certain mafia quality where it is revenge, fear is uh, that's the sort of number one currency of of ruling. Yeah, it's pre it's pre bureaucratic. 
And yeah. in a sense, it's almost like right. pre-hierarchical in that mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't have these like multi-level hierarchies. It's just my way or the highway. Yeah. And like you're close to me or you're far from me. Yeah. And and the hierarchy is who's close to me. Yeah. And who's the most loyal. And that can be a really, you know, intense hierarchy, but, but yes, there's not, it's not a meritocracy in any way. It's loyalty. And that is Trump. And it's funny because in some ways, those of us who have a modern slash postmodern sensibility thought that we had sort of left that behind in history. The- well, and the whole point of the constitution and like at that moment of like in- enlightenment thought and catalyzing or crystallizing those enlightenment ideas into documents that run states is to prevent that from happening. Exactly. Right? It's like, that's at all. It's a like very anti-aristocratic, anti-authoritarian. Absolutely. We're going to have some procedures in place that where you can't have this red style of government. Exactly. The the realization that brought in modernity and democracy was the realization at some point you realize we're not going to win. My tribe, my nation, my worldview, my God, we're not going to win. And so there's this new realization that we can divide and share power. And so we put it here, some here, some here. We, they check, they balance, whatever. And that's that is the, the essential. That's the gratitude idea of the American project. And that's the question is. Will Trump be able to, uh, will that hold uh, with Trump and uh, Trump 2.0? Because Trump one, and this is and this is the point Rick Wilson's making, is that Trump 2.0 is going to be far more virulent than Trump 1.0 because he has a lot more experience. The, the sort of MAGA mentality, even intellectual arguments and so forth, talks about the Heritage Institute. I think last week we talked about the Claremont Institute, where they're playing yeah. around with real authoritarianism, like, let's bring back the monarchy. And these are smart people. So uh, he's saying, you know, beware of what uh, how Trump will stack the deck, because he will. There's no... Uh, for Trump, there's there would be no internal guardrails, and I think that Rick, Rick Warren is is right about that. His supporters, you know, fifty percent of the people would vote for him. Over fifty percent right now, the polls would say. I mean, I mean, could we just pause there? Yeah. Wow. I mean that that's that's um, from an evolutionary point of view. You you know, we really don't know what's going to happen we this next year is going to be um a real uh rodeo i'll tell you that i i think yeah i mean it's interesting and i don't i don't know how to answer this question right right now but like the people i know you know i live in this rural area where half the people voted for um you know it's the next county voted with trump in 2016 and with biden in 2020 both you know very very barely and so I, i know a lot of people who voted for trump as um, you know, like one guy at band practice one day, he was like, "Yeah, Trump, Hillary. I mean, I see them basically as equal. So I, I would just, I'm just gonna pick randomly, or I'm gonna let my my daughter, who's illiterate, uh, you know, she's a little kid, um, choose because it doesn't because it doesn't matter, right? Like I th- I think a lot of people, especially in 2016, were just like, I'm sick of the system. System isn't working for me. So why not try something different? Right. But now, like I'm curious, you like 50% of people say they'd vote for Trump. Though it, it seems like does that mean 50% of people are not attached to democracy? 
in the way that in the way that you are that doesn't something about that doesn't seem right well i I don't think so and i I think that's where um the the more extreme trump is in his actual this is reading by the way uh (laughs) and i think i got uh i think the more uh, extreme he becomes the more pushback he'll get that that would be the system working but a lot of people, um, and you know, I can understand this. A lot of people, in terms of Trump's policies, they're good with them, and I am too with a lot of them, like no dumb wars, for instance. You know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and also, what people like you and I don't realize is the to the degree to which the modern and postmodern worldview have hegemony. There's really nothing else was really allowed to be talked about or in the mass media and so forth, you really couldn't be. I mean, you could have your little subculture because it's a free country of Christians, but it wasn't really, you wouldn't find Christian heroes in movies. The Christians would be the, the bad guys. Uh, that was a switch in as we moved into the postmodern aesthetic. We underestimate to the degree that we've won the culture war and even won the sort of bureaucratic war the sort of the big blob of a system, the establishment that pits us together. There was, I watched a really interesting video uh, a couple of days ago of ex-liberals and ex-conservatives, people who have changed from one to the other. These are young people. They're all in their, I'd say, early 20s, 30, whatever. And they get together and there's a whole group of them, the 10 or 12 of them. And they go through these various configurations of talking about and arguing about policy coming from people who have changed their mind. And it was interesting. And the one thing that they could all agree on, pretty much, there might have been one or two holdouts, but these were people at the extremes of in all kinds of political ways, uh, was that they, the system, was pitting them against each other. And that there, they had more in common. There was a system at work that was victimizing them both. If we even think of the, you know, the four turnings of the cultural evolution, there's a time at which the bureaucrat, the whole system becomes calcified and it's self-serving. So the people who work for it, they actually like polarization. It works very well for them. You know, they get reelected. They raise a lot of money on it. They live, you know, the, the the most prosperous zip code in America is Washington, D.C. You know, there's a lot of money there. So there is this feeling that people on the, you know, you might say the 40-yard lines of both left and right agree on that there, actually a lot more than that probably, that the system doesn't need to be somehow confronted. Of course, modernity and post-modernity confront each other all the time. So you have modernity criticizing woke postmodernity postmodernity's criticizing capitalist materialist modernity but then there's that attack or confrontation attack from the traditionalists and then there's the sort of you know a trump who is willing and able to use red that is fear retribution lies whatever i see he's big daddy you know you and i've talked about this the upside of red is he's fun He's a character. He's interesting. Not for people who are physically repulsed by him, like you and me, but for people who aren't. He's he's Big Daddy. You know, the, people know Big Daddy. That's an old archetype. Uh, so he's willing to come in and bust the whole thing up. And in some ways, people are like, I don't know how it should go, but I do know that it needs to be busted up. 
And there's something that sort of, there's a sort of animal intelligence to this. And I, you know, I, I can agree with that. You know, like, I don't, I don't think this is um, necessarily working. I mean, a lot of elements of the capitalist system, I don't think are working. I don't think it's really a meritocracy. I don't, I don't think people, you know, like people in my town or people getting jobs these days are not going to be able to afford housing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of problems, but I don't think that dismantling our democracy at the expense of, you know, immigrants and people of color is really going to help. Yeah. Well, I you know, agree. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting that I, I guess maybe another way of, of saying that is for the people that I guess, you know, it's like, what do I have in common with someone who would vote for Trump because I'm unhappy with how the system is? It's like, yeah, I'm unhappy with how the system is. I have a sense that there's another way to go about it, improving it. Mm -hmm. And maybe for someone else, they're like, I don't, I don't see another clear pathway to improving it. So this is like, this is the best option I got. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, you know, deconstruction is a stage in the path. Actually, you don't necessarily know what's next, but you know that this has got to be deconstructed. And there are ways in which, you know, Trump was, um, he, he's a strange mix politically. I mean, he's for social security and increasing social security. Uh, that was completely against Republican orthodoxy at one time. Uh, if you remember, I don't most it's never remarked on, but it was like, wow, during his acceptance speech, he talked about how happy he was to have the LGBTQ people. And this was his uh, um, nomination. I, acceptance. I don't, I don't remember that. No. Yeah. And the audience was a little stunned. And he said, yes, LGBTQ or whatever he said. And he kept on. You know, he doesn't really, uh, I don't think that he's, he's an old school racist. I mean, racist is one of those things that has three different definitions, depending on the three different stages of development you're talking about. He's kind of an old school, um, you know, guy, racist, if you will, from a postmodern perspective, he would be a racist. But he's not actively, um, I think, racist, like there are people who really are. You know, I don't think they get that vibe from him. And a lot of, and more and more black people are supporting him. They, a lot of black people like, you know, his energy and his um, his bust up the system kind of uh, uh, policies, as do Hispanics, you know, more and more. And that's um, that's very confusing to liberals. But a lot of particularly immigrants, they come in from traditional countries. They're traditional. Mm -hmm. You know, they're yeah. not for multi. They don't want their kids learning multigender. They don't actually particularly multicultural. They want to keep their subcultures. That they want to be yeah, American. Yeah, as we talked about a few a few weeks yeah, ago, like exactly. if they didn't, they weren't immigrating in some other place. They would not have any affiliation with multiculturalism. Yeah, yeah which is kind of part of the beauty of of Orange and modernity that we get thrown in these situations that we wouldn't have chosen. You know? yeah. But but what do you? I mean, what do you think of this article? Like, are, are you? Is he right? Should we all be like super freaked out? It's the end of our democracy. <laughs> no, I actually I'm going to bet on. Um, modern consciousness, okay? The container in which Trump is, the you know, he's the bull in the China shop, but the China shop itself is modernity. And I think that modernity will outlast Trump. I think he's poisonous in the sense of a chemotherapy is poisonous. Not that he, his policies are moving the country in the direction of, you know, the 50s or anything like that is what we need. But Trump has brought it all. We have to create a culture where there's an integration of postmodern, modern, and traditional, and actually the yeah. earlier stages as well. We, that, that's the project. And 
this we're we're not there and so this is i think evolutionary movement which is as i often point out not pretty so i i could see that and i i hope dearly hope he doesn't win and i think we've learned plenty from trump uh but um I don't know. I can't rule it out because human beings fight and we have big, this, this is a big culture war may yet be brewing. I mean, it is, but uh, it could get a lot worse. Um, so do I think, so I, I'm betting on modernity. I think that one of the reasons I'm betting on modernity is because people like Rick Wilson will sound the alarm from this one position that he holds. But- yeah, but some, Trump has something to contribute to the dialogue. He's already contributed to that. He's already widened the aperture of political discourse. He's made things, people allow people to say things they weren't able to say otherwise. Yes. Great, thank you. But what, what Rick Wilson's saying is really much stronger than that. He's, I mean, in my, in my reading of it, he's saying, if this guy gets elected, we're hosed. Like, it's going to take well, us I'm back. I'm glad he's so sure of himself. I'm not so, I'm not so sure, you know. Uh, You know, every cabinet position has to be approved by the Senate, Uh, the military. Trump has some I mean, he has a lot of power being the head of the executive. But, you know, it's not like you can. All of a sudden, say the high school is going to be governed by the eight year olds. I mean, it, it just doesn't work. You know, at some point there's the the modern consciousness is has a deep allergy ultimately to big daddy uh and i think that it you know it will survive i i could be wrong but you know i'm here to yeah i mean there's a there's a difference there's a distinction i want to make between modern consciousness and the u.s government and the, the vehicle of state so it's like and i think this is what what is important about this article is is like okay i think we can we can agree Modern car consciousness is going to survive, but it's really going to be different. The outcome is going to be different in terms of our evolution as a country if this guy gets elected or not. And and Rick is saying it's going to be a very big difference. You know, and it's it's not like modern consciousness won't survive, but if, if whatever percentage of people vote for Trump, and it's it's going to be, have to be less than fifty, right? Because of the way the electoral college works, it doesn't it have can, to be. It certainly can be fifty, right? Uh, so maybe maybe it ends up being forty percent. But if they're in the right states. 40. It'd be it'd be forty nine point something, you know. Okay. It's, you know, there's not that much give, but yeah. And he could very well win the popular vote. Right now, it looks like he would. Yeah, but the 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 point is, it's not like everybody's consciousness would get set back. People right. that didn't vote for him. It's just that the institutions would not curate and push us forward anymore. Well, I mean, I don't know. yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it's like it's like the argument around uh, the uh, Roe v. Wade. So. All of a sudden, the right to abortion is no longer guaranteed by the federal government. It still is by many state governments. And then there's the really, like Louisiana and the really traditional center of gravity states want to um, set the clock back, as does Ohio. So Ohio has a big election, and uh, it's decisively voted down. And abortion is put into the constitution of the state of Ohio. And that uh, that's kind of what happens. You know, it's like you move it one direction and then there's a backlash. And the good thing is, is that we get a country and this may be, you know, where the culture war leads us, where there are some pretty significant differences between how things are run in Louisiana versus California. And th- and it was homogenized in a way before with the 50 states. Yeah. Now there's going to be a little more give. 
I think that's happening. The abortion thing is a perfect example. Uh, so that may be the how things go, but um, you know, I don't. I don't think that we're going to have any substantive authoritarian rule in this country. Where the president has a lot of power is international, and get, he actually understands other authoritarians. He doesn't really think democracy is necessarily better. And for certain countries at certain stages of development, it's not better, actually. A good authoritarian would be a better better solution. So I don't know that that's not a, actually a sort of a, a, a reasonable insight in terms of moving forward. Are we really going to have to go to war to defend the Taiwan? I mean, uh, or, 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 you know, I mean, that kind of thing. I'm not so sure I'm not with Trump, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm not sure about that. I mean, I actually think, you know, and I think of Putin and Ukraine and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm in some ways I'm glad I'm not in charge. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, evolution is a, is a dangerous game and I wouldn't want to make some of these choices, but I get them. I get the, I get where, you know, both, I could argue both sides. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how, so how does, are you, are you going to vote? Probably next year. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do any, anything beyond beyond voting in terms of participating in this electoral process? Uh, probably, uh, you know, I'll donate probably or something, but uh, I usually do. I don't get on the phone or anything like that. I do my podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do think at some point, you know, with all of the multiple perspectives that we can hold on all the arguments that we can make, we do have to ultimately make a binary choice. And it's either one guy or the other. And I'm not crazy about Biden either. I, I like him in many ways, but I think he's too old. Uh, Trump is too old, too, but he's a cockroach. So they don't really age in the same way that the rest of us do. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm interested because we all my understanding, like this evolution is not separate from us. It is it is the aggregate of what's going on inside of us, like in all, each of our conscious, our spiritual consciousness, but also our like day to day actions. And so, as um you know, as a evolutionary practitioner, what what do you advocate? You know, for for people that are like, okay, I want to um. I want to participate. I, I'm not. I'm not a bystander here, watching evolution happen. I'm participating in it. What? Um. Yeah. What do you recommend? Yeah. Well, follow your heart. Um, do what um, arises in you to do. Uh, whether it's to talk to your friends or argue on Twitter or get in the campaign scene or uh, protest, all of that good stuff. Uh, I think that's what we can do. You know, be a good citizen. It, it, it's something to be a citizen of a country that is democratic and at this stage of development. You really are responsible for keeping it going. So don't just uh, fall asleep in the job. And yet, on the other hand, I will say that one of the great luxuries of modern culture is that politics can be optional. In earlier cultures, it's not. <laughs> you, you know, Politics is just right up against your door and right in your neighborhood. Uh, here, you can... You can opt out if you want. And I have a couple friends who are just like, they're, you know, my one friend, she's 80. And she's like, I can't, I can't bear it. I'm just doing head in the sand mode. So she's listening to books. She doesn't watch the news anymore. 
I think that's a legitimate choice, too. When it comes time to vote, she'll vote for whoever isn't Trump. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's what I'd say about that. What, what do you think? Here, here's what I I'd, here's what I'd say not to do. Freak out. You know, I don't want to do that. I just I don't want to do that anymore. I did that for decades. And at this point, and I, we talked about this as sort of a cosmocentric view, looking from space at this planet and sort of trusting that it's we're going to muddle our way forward like we half you know i mean it's it's not going to be pretty uh so that way i can love it instead of fear it yeah i mean to me what's dangerous about that approach is is that it it is a bias against action yeah well fear i I do i do trust that it's going to work out um yeah mainly because my sense of the self is quite large and i think even if it doesn't work out for the humans it can still work out you know, like even to me, working out is not incompatible with us all dying. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like yeah. life can continue. I believe I, I, in the dolphins. It's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But I, I don't trust that. Especially, I mean, for people. I mean, I just think of, you know, people who will be targeted. You know, that what Rick Wilson is saying, it's not it's not the same. They don't have the same luxury and i might be one of those there i have no idea you know but i, I don't think i would be uh, we don't, don't all have equal equal luxury to disconnect you know there's people who will immediately be deported or there's people who will immediately be punished or like rick wilson thinks he's on this list and he's immediately going to be thrown i don't know what's going to happen but it, you know it's not the same you know it may not affect you personally or your 80 year old friend mm-hmm. or me i hope but it will affect a lot of people. Yeah, no, I, and, I and so to me, I'm not like, oh, whatever happens, it'll be fine. We'll deal with it. It it does seem really troubling, and at the same time, getting emotionally activated and freaked out, which is clearly which is the tone of this article, and the tone of most public writing really is to get somebody to freak out about something. I don't think is yeah necessarily that's, that's helpful yeah. in any way, right? But you know, to me, it really encourages. I have this long term path and we've discussed it of facilitating or bringing about more healing and more togetherness and to me it really encourages me to do do that even more and like double down on that and have conversations with people and try and understand like here we are speculating about what people think that are not in this room i can i, I could talk to them you know and try and understand from a mediation like a ken colloque perspective like what are the deep interests that would leave someone to accept the possibility that the person they are working, they're voting for, is going to burn everything down. And what are other ways that we can satisfy those interests? Yeah. You know, I think to me, it's like an invitation for deeper understanding and deeper mediation. Yeah. yeah. Right on. I wouldn't argue with that a bit. There's one of the sort of principles of integral theory is that we move from first tier operating system is a fear operating system. This idea that something's wrong, we got to fix it. Oh my God. To a love operating system where we see, okay, it's like an eight-year-old growing into a nine-year-old and growing up and the human manage is doing that. And what it really needs more than scolding and punishment is love. And so we move from a fear operating system to a love operating system. At any given day, I'm operating from a fear operating system. And I, I get what you're saying, that fear is a very tried and true motivator. Uh, so, yeah, you don't want to just be like the. But if you really can click in, and I think it's probably, you know, 
both. I try to operate from a love operating system. I have I default to a fear operating system, but I do get the difference. And I think that um, you know, I think the challenge is to find uh, how how potent the love operating system can be in countering the fear operating system. And you talk about that, what you just talked about with you know some of the sort of deep mediations and the ways of getting under the surface and finding the connections that. Um, will satisfy people where they are, you know, not make them who you are, but satisfy them where they are. Um, that's that's good stuff. So, yeah, I think about I think about a conversation as a uh, weapon is the right metaphor, but a conversation as a as a the conversation I want to have is something that could inoculate someone against all the fear mongering. You know, like all all of this, like the anti-immigrant thing is is great. You know, it creates this. This whole like boogeyman, these people are like anti everything about your way of life. They're going to take your daughter, this whole thing. And like what what experience could a person have in an hour that would then inoculate them for the rest of their lives against that kind of fear mongering? You know, that's that's the thing I want to create or like this uh, othering or throwing people under the bus that happens with every political ideology that like liberals will have towards Trump people or, you know, whatever. Like what kind of experience could that person have so that they, they just weren't capable of of just saying those people anymore? Mm. Now that those are the kind of experiences I'm I'm trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big order. I think that um, you know, the challenge is actually because people who are ethnocentric, they're ethnocentric. They're not actually gonna be yes, they'll grow, their their kids will definitely grow. Uh and their grandkids will be completely different. But there but we, are, but we all have moments, like, or we have the possibility of having moments in our lives that pop us out to the next level. Like I wasn't born like this, totally, right? Like we each had, a, you had a moment at some point where you just exited. Yeah, right? I can think of every moment I moved through every stage of development. Actually, I mean, so I sort of pinpoint it. You know, I just let's, let's talk about that next time. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, the, you, you and I come back to the same conversation, you, you've mentioned this, where it's how do we, it, how do we integrate people who don't see the world the way we do? And how do we live with them? And actually, we're doing pretty well in America, honestly. I mean, considering history, there's definitely uh, more to go and um, it won't be pretty. I always say that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I apologize. Did, how about the trap? We got two, two, three minutes. If, did you spring the trap, or did I miss it? Well, here's the trap. The trap was that you would that you would say, yeah. I mean, you kind of did it a little bit, but the trap is that you would say it's all going to be okay no matter what. Right. Yeah. yeah. And evolution will take care of it. And so you you, you did go there a little bit, but yeah. mostly you did not. <laughs> what can I say? Oh, all right. Well, um, what the fuck with this Trump, though, huh? Just when, I mean, after the last election, he was going to be in the rearview mirror and nobody was going to be able to, to survive January 6th. Whereas people yeah. went and blew out the windows of the rotunda of the Capitol building and waved Trump flags out of it. And he's back. I mean, the power of the authentic con man 
Yeah, or I, I might I might say the power of the wound. Like okay. so the only way I can explain this is a homie did not have a great experience growing up. He has some sort of deep wound and he's doing all these things to try and to heal and to meet meet whatever that unmet need is, and he has not figured it out. And if he gets elected, it will not help him, you know, personally. <laughs> like I think I think it's more on the order of like uh, a hug or EMDR or some, some there's something something that he needs but I don't I don't think this election is really going to be of service to him <laughs> well at least we can take some comfort in that <laughs> no I, I, I want I, I want, want his name to be I don't want, no we want Trump to grow but I mean that's a big order <laughs> no but that's what's going to help all, all of us right like these people I think all these people they're doing all this shit in the world they have some need yeah and, and because they can't get it, they're, they're fucking with us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, All right, Encore. You have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. And thank you so much. It's just such a great privilege and honor to talk to you. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm honored. I'm honored as well. Thank you. Thank you.